And we're back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am your co-host, Zach Bristol. With me as always. And I am Hayden Brinkley. All right. So it was probably two nights ago. I had a nightmare. I woke up. I mean, I didn't wake up abruptly, like uh, in the middle of the night and like (gasps) kind of thing, but... (laughs) Not like you used to when you were a kid. (laughs) Right. But I I woke up probably, I think it was like six or seven in the morning. I was just in the worst mood because I had a dream that I got dumped. (laughs) Oh my God. Now, dreams, I I don't usually have super vivid dreams. It's pretty rare that I have very vivid, memorable dreams that I can recall most of the details to, or um, really anything. Like I just, I kind of, I definitely have dreams a lot, but most of the time I forget them really fast or I don't really remember them all. I I just kind of remember that I did have a dream, not necessarily what it was about though. But this one, man, I don't remember a bunch of the details, but I definitely vividly remember being dumped by my current girlfriend. And dude, it felt so real. I was I was so upset because I didn't I was like I didn't get an explanation or something like it was just over and I was like but but and she was like ah, I don't care yeah mm, sorry. sounds about right I don't want to be with you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it fucking hurt so bad I woke up and I was mad at her I was like what a fucking bitch oh is this like the classic uh, <laughs> girl gets mad because she has a dream that her boyfriend cheated right. on her. It's, it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Except that, yeah, I didn't do the whole, you know, I didn't go to her and like, hey, dumbass, you know, <laughs> say anything to her in person. But like, fuck, man, like I, I for real didn't want to talk to her for a little bit because I was like, I don't know. I just felt off towards her because it felt so fucking real. I was just like, I don't know. Like, was that the future or some shit? Like, what's going like? I don't know. It's, it's like an alternate out, universe just, kind of thing. It, it felt so fucking real, though. It's just like, it didn't feel like like it was a dream. Like as soon as I woke up, you would think I'd be like, "Oh, what a relief!" It was like it stuck with me. It was like, "Oh, it still hurts." Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know. But do you have pretty vivid dreams, or is that kind of a rarity for you? You know, it's funny you ask that. Every single person I talk to about this, like at least dreams, they always say the same thing that you do. They always yeah. say they can't remember their dreams. I honestly, and this is the honest truth, yeah. I do remember my dreams pretty vividly. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just the fact that I try to remember it so hard when I wake up. Like this morning uh, when I woke up, I remember I had a dream. But I mean, I could tell you what it was. But to be quite honest, it was pretty uh, morbid (laughs) and uh, very graphic. I mean, no, I definitely remember my dreams. And I always find that a little weird because, like I said, everyone I talk to is like, oh, I can't remember my dreams. I mean, I could tell you, you know, I've definitely had those dreams, too, where it's like, some really stick with me and some others are just, I brush off. The ones that really stick to me, it's got to be something like deep. Like yeah. it, it's not just a nightmare or anything, but it's like somehow in some way it all connects to some weird message. Like maybe I need to stop being so anal about everything and just stop trying to be a little too serious or whatever. Right. It's, I think dreams are very weird though. Like just from my point of view, I feel like it's going to sound stupid, but I mean, I think it's some sort of parallel universe trying to connect with you. You know, everyone says oh, your dreams are telling you something. And I do actually believe that. And, you know, maybe I'm just dumb for believing mm-hmm. that, but I can't help it. I always feel like they're all connected in some reason because it, it, you think about it. Say you went out one night, did something stupid, and then somehow maybe a week or a month later, you have a dream about that. And normally maybe you would have even 
thought about having a dream like that, but the fact that those two kind of correlate, maybe it's some sort of message. I don't know. Am I weird for saying uh, that? No, I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't say you're weird for thinking that because one of the things that I've always actually, it's been in the back of my mind that like, hmm, I kind of wonder if this is what dreams are like, or like what dreams really are is I've always, since I was a kid, always wondered like, cause I've always been super curious about like the afterlife and what really happens when you die. And part of me has always kind of thought maybe what if, you know how sometimes you'll be in a dream and you'll realize it's a dream. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm in a dream. And now I can kind of control it somewhat, you know, in a way. Yeah. As of recently, I've had those experiences where I actually can. Yeah. So I've always wondered, like, maybe when you die, you're you're in a dream. But it's like, you're not going to wake up this time. You're just in this dream. So eventually, maybe you'll figure out, oh, this is a dream. And you'll be able to kind of control everything. But it's kind of an eternal dream because you, you're dead. You're eternally sleeping, as they say. And so you can, that dream is kind of your afterlife. Like you're stuck inside oh, this dream okay. infinitely and you can do whatever you want, make it what you want, you know, kind of build your own world. But that's your, you know, that's your, your resting place. Your afterlife is in your dream. So are you saying it's kind of like a separate world, separate like reality a world that's inside of your head or something? I okay. don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you the, the specifics about it because it's, <laughs> it's not even, I don't even know if this is real. I'm just, you know, it's just always something that I've wondered, like, hmm, I wonder if that has any, any kind of truth to it. Yeah, it's more Probably so, not, but you know, it's more so of your own curiosity. Think about Three things. things that fascinate me beyond space are dreams, the afterlife, and fuck, I forgot the other one. Space? <laughs> uh, no, not space. <laughs> Dreams, the afterlife. I think I meant afterlife and then death, but those two ultimately mean the oh, same okay. thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the two things that really fascinate me are dreams and the afterlife. I know it sounds odd, but I mean, if you really sit there and you kind of think about like what happens after death without getting too heavy into religion or anything, because we like to keep that on privacy more so. Everyone's pretty much got their own belief what happens after death. But let's just say in the hypothetical scenario, what if it's something completely different? What if your version of heaven is basically if you deserve to be there? It's whatever you want it to be. Right. And so for you, I don't know what it is. For me, it'd probably be like fishing on a really nice remote lake. Not a lot of people around, probably just me with maybe some of my close friends, my family, my dad, and my brothers or something like that. Maybe our own interpretation of heaven is what happens in the afterlife. And if you truly believe that you've been a horrible person your whole life and you deserve, you keep saying, I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to go to hell just because I've done so many bad things in my life. What if you ultimately think it into existence, even in the afterlife? Maybe yeah. it's just how you feel about yourself in the end is what really matters. Yes. Were you happy with what you did? Were you ashamed of how you lived your life? Or do you feel like you deserve to be? Yes. You know, that, that yeah, that's ex- Well, because you keep hearing people say the law of attraction is, I wouldn't say a real thing, but people believe that the law of attraction does work. So whatever you believe and whatever you think and say out loud, it'll happen. Right. Speak it into existence. Yes, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So I don't know. I think the afterlife is definitely a weird concept. And obviously, no one knows. I mean, you hear people that have near death experiences, but you can't believe that just because of someone's story and not saying it's not credible, but you like to find out for yourself. You'd like yeah. to have the facts and the proof. Yeah. Another thing I've always or that I'm not I've always but uh, recently, I'd probably say the past four or five years learning about things like DMT and knowing that 
it's a, a very, very powerful psychedelic that can make you hallucinate all sorts of things. And it occurs naturally in nature and it's in most plants and it occurs naturally in your body. DMT is released when you, when you die or when you're about to die, um, near death experiences. DMT or dimethyltryptamine gets released by your pineal gland, which is your third eye. Um, it gets released by your liver, by your lungs. And so when people have these near-death experiences, like you hear people like, oh, I, I died for you know two minutes until they revived me or whatever. They always seem to come back with some kind of, I saw God or I saw this or whatever, because they're going through a DMT trip. And a, a lot of people who, who've done DMT will tell you, like, if you don't know what's going on, if you were just to unknowingly consume some DMT and have that trip, you would really think, oh, this is God coming to me. But since you willingly smoke DMT and then, you know, you see those depictions, you kind of know, like, oh, I'm not, it's not that I saw God or whatever. It's, I was tripping. I, you know, I, or whatever. But when people die, they don't think like, oh, I, you know, this drug was in my system and therefore I hallucinated this. They think, oh no, I, I saw God. Like I was, I was dying and I, and they told me I died. And I remember seeing this, this figure or these figures and, oh, I must've been in heaven or in hell or whatever it was. But now I got revived. So, oh, I've seen the afterlife. I know it, it's real guys. It's real. That might not be the case, but a lot of people think, you know, DMT is like a, some kind of portal to another dimension. And so what I've always wondered is how maybe when you die, the DMT gets released in your system. And when you're smoking DMT, just with a group of friends and you all decide to smoke DMT, you get kind of a glimpse into the, the next dimension, but you don't really get to go there. You just kind of get to see what's going on, kind of stick your head in be like, oh, it's crazy over there. But you're only really there for a couple minutes. But when you die, what if all that DMT gets released in your body and it, it transports your, your uh, I guess, soul would be the best word yeah. into that next dimension. And that's where you are now. Maybe that is, that's your afterlife. And that could have absolutely, you know, no truth to it. But again, it's, these are, it's just fun to think about because, I mean, it could be, it could be. Oh yeah. It's always fun to play the what if game. Kind of always have to play the what if game with this though, because you really, no one really knows. No, of course not. That's my least favorite thing too, is when people are like, I know what happens. It's like, you actually don't though. I don't think a near-death experience would be the same as a full-on death experience. You, you obviously yeah. came back from that and... It's obvious that uh, now that I say it out loud, it kind of sounds stupid just for even saying it, but it's not even close. You're one, you're coming back from a near death experience. Other, you are permanently gone. You are no longer in existence. From all the stories that I've heard with people about taking DMT trips and who have used it to find some sort of reassurance in life. They always say the same thing, and I know you can testify to this that they have said the same thing because I know you've listened to some stories about it too. Anyone who's ever taken a DMT trip has always said it, the more that you freak out, the worse the experience. It's almost uh, it's almost like taking shrooms and freaking out, and ultimately you have a bad trip. Right. So what if, in this case, when you have a near-death experience – and you go into this other dimension, portal, whatever you want to call it, you see some of the same characteristics that you would see in a DMT trip. And the more that you freak out, it's the quote-unquote hell. But if somehow you manage to remain calm in a near-death experience, what if it's that version of, of heaven and this entity that you see, whatever, or a feeling or a presence, it's God. What if, though? And of course, we're not going to know that. No one is going to know that. Even in a, I can't even say like, 
over time because it's just one of those things. No one's no one will ever know what happens. Yeah, I highly doubt we'll ever come up with some kind of technology that lets us know what happens after no, we die. I don't it's think just so. kind of one of those things you you got to die to know. I, I mean, yeah. I don't, that's that's exactly right. Unfortunately, once you die, you can't just go back and tell everybody, "Hey guys, this is what happens." You know, you're dead. So <laughs> you're either offline permanently, or yeah. you're in the next life, or the next dimension, or outside the simulation, or whatever it is. I mean. You know, there's that joke that everyone's, you know, is, is online a while ago. You know, what if when you, you die, you wake up in a circle with a bunch of other aliens and you're holding a bong and they're like, so how was it? <laughs> yeah, I love that story. Oh, so I love funny. that little thing. I don't know, man. You know how we talked about last week, though, with Austin. I, I mentioned that death really doesn't scare me as it used to. I mean, I think the, the most that it would scare me is that if any of my relatives or close friends died. Right. That would that would scare me. But if it came down to the actual scenario, if someone's pointing a gun at me and said, you're going to die, I'd probably freak out. But maybe as of right now, I kind of feel like, you know, it's only a matter of time till we all die. And I feel like it's one of those things that you don't have to be scared of. Yeah, I feel like it's something that is, it's not necessarily supposed to be scary, more so than it's supposed to be kind of, you're just always supposed to be aware of it, I think. Your, of your own mortality that this isn't going to be forever you're not here forever you're only here for a certain amount of time no one knows how much time they have no, it's man. impossible it's... to know even if you are super physically and mentally healthy you exercise you eat right to you have a therapist you do everything you're supposed to do and you're just a great human and uh you, you know you're on track to potentially live a hundred years some asshole could you know, get in their car drunk and run into you while you're parked. Like you don't even have to be driving to, you know, get an act. Like anything can happen. So no one really, you know, you never know when it's going to be over, when you're going to die, when your best friend, mom, girlfriend, you never know when anyone's going to be gone. I don't think it's meant to scare you more so than it's, you're just always supposed to be aware of it. So it's like you, you kind of make the right move. You make use of the time that you do have. So you're not just sitting there always bitching and complaining and wasting time because you don't have an infinite amount of it. You only have so much of it and it's less and less every second. Every second you live, that's one less second you're going to live. So it's like, you know, you just can't, can't really waste time being scared about it because it's going to happen whether you're scared or not. There's no point in really, I don't think about death that much, at least as far as like me, myself dying or anything, I don't really think about it that much because I mean, yeah, if you, if you sit there and think about, I'm not going to be here one day, it's always thinking about like the day, like imagine being on your deathbed knowing like I'm about to go and like thinking like, fuck, like it doesn't scare me as much as being on my deathbed or knowing that I'm about to die and not being pleased with everything that I've accomplished. I don't ever want to look back and be like, fuck, I wish I would have insert whatever. I never want to, I never want to think that. I always want to, you know, whenever I do die, whether that's, you know, five or 10 years from now or 50 years from now, uh, if it's not like some kind of freak accident thing to where it's, you know, I'm here one second, next second, I'm gone out of nowhere. If it is something where I know like, oh, this is the end. Like I want to be able to, you know, think like, well, I did some cool shit, you know, like I fell in love, had kids, did this job. Maybe it wasn't the most enjoyable thing in the world but you know i feel super accomplished i'm glad i did what i did every decision i made led me to do this and led me to do that and i wouldn't have whatever like i just i i don't need to look back and be like i had the perfect life 
I just want it to be good enough for me. But you never really know what's good enough until you're there. It's a thought process that always seems to go around in circles for me. So I never really think about it too much because at the end of the day, there is nothing I can do about it. I'm, I'm gonna die when I'm gonna die. So thinking about it is kind of a waste of time in my opinion, because you know, there's nothing you can do. I think it's a good perspective to have. Here's where you and I differ. I think the complete opposite, not in the aspect of slowly waiting for death to come and find me. Uh, it's more of the aspect of I could be gone in any second. So I'm going to try to do everything in my power to be as good as a person as I can be. I'm going to try to be better than I was yesterday. And, you know, it sounds corny as shit, but we're not guaranteed another day. We're not guaranteed the next 10 minutes. Anything could happen. Uh, a meteor could come down and hit us right now. And, you know, that's that's it. I know I always haven't been the best person to people. I'm, I'm still trying to work on it. Like, there's a bunch I still need to fix, but I feel like that's, once again, that's just a part of who we are. We're trying to evolve, whether it's being a better person or being a faster runner on a track team. That's ultimately what I'm trying to do. That's my number one goal is just to be better than I was yesterday and smile as, to as many people as I can say please and thank you, just this little stuff. I mean, you know, it's sounds stupid and cliche and corny, but, you know, it's... And of course, you know, down the road, I don't want to be on my deathbed or I don't want to be bleeding out and saying, holy shit, I, w I wish I would have done more. Yeah, of course, I, I don't want to say that. But I also want to look back and be like, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a horrible human being. I, I did the best that I could to people and try to make as many people happy around me and just trying to be as good as I can be. I don't know. That's that's the way I look at it. I wish people would look at it in, you know, that same perspective. It seems like every day we're growing a little colder and colder towards each other and, you know, I kind of hate to see it. I really stay alone to be honest. Aside from you and a couple people that I really hang out with, I don't I don't venture off and meet new people just because, you know, it's I don't I don't know anyone's motives or intentions. It's it's a scary game out yeah, there. Yeah. I think one thing we've both kind of learned over the years with is kind of always keep your circle small. It's, there's never a number that's too many. Like, oh, I have this many friends. I got to cut some off because that's just too many. But the whole thing is like, just be careful who you let in because there are so many people that want to take advantage of you. And I think they can corrupt you too. Yeah, for sure. You know, change the way you are. Whoever you hang out with. Oh, yeah. But it's just the way I've been with friends and relationships over the past few years is just I don't wait up for anybody and I don't go out and try to find people. You know, yeah, I never yeah. I never like going and finding friends, trying to find friends, trying to find a girlfriend. It just, you know, it happens when it's supposed to happen kind of. I don't I'm not sure whether I believe everything happens for a reason or We talked about that at one point, didn't we? Yeah. I can't yeah, I think remember. We might have. I don't I don't know if I believe that everything happens for a reason and everything is supposed to happen so the next thing can happen. I don't know. All I know is going out and trying to find friends or relationships never really works out in the end. It might every now and then, but for the most part, the, the friendships and the relationships that end up lasting always seem to be by chance or accidental. Like, oh, how? it's crazy to think that, you know, we met like, like our, our, our whole thing, how we, you know, we used to know each other like a long time ago, but we were never friends. Like we just knew each other. And then we just so happened to meet up years later and become best friends. And just like, you know, my girlfriend, like I, I didn't try to find her. Like I just, I was working at one of my previous jobs, happened to venture off into a, a different depart, department of the store that I don't even work in. And by chance she was walking by and you know, whatever. But 
So what you're saying is you slack off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually returning a pillow over to uh, Bonnie's fucking place. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bonnie's department. Textiles. Get your shit, get your shit together. Come on now. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just it's it's all by chance. You know, just let things come to you. And no, not, not everything is just going to fall in your lap. Sometimes you do need to... I'm not saying if you see a girl and she's looking good and... You know, you'd like to maybe try to get to know her. I'm not saying don't go ask for her number because you should wait for her to come over to you. Don't go out and be like, I'm going to find a girlfriend today. I'm going to I'm going to get a girl's number today. That's my goal is to get someone's number today. That's not a good goal. I think when you see the person, you're like, wow, she's really attractive. She seems pretty cool. Like whenever that happens, whenever you do happen to run into someone that seems cool enough and attractive and nice enough to approach and potentially try something, then do it. But play it by, you know, each instance as opposed to being like, oh, I'm so lonely. I need a girlfriend. I'm going to go to the bar and ask 10 different girls for their numbers. And maybe one of them will be cool enough to let me have sex with her. Or you could just wait until you actually meet someone that fits your personality. I'm so glad you brought that up. I've always considered myself as an introvert. And while a good bit of that is true, I think there's a part of me that always subconsciously knew that. Going out to a bar and trying to meet someone. For my instance, if I was trying to meet a female that's, and I go out to a bar, I, I subconsciously knew that was not the right way. That's not who I want. If, I, if I'm if i meeting a girl at a bar, it's probably not the best. You know, I know some relationships have started at a bar, but I think that's kind of more so luck more than anything. Right. It's the same thing. Like just how I met my girlfriend at the job I used to work at, you could totally go to a bar and meet the girl of your dreams. But I think it's got to be like a, you're going to the bar to hang out with friends and to drink and have fun, not going to the bar to meet a girl. Yes. It's, you know, if you happen to go to the bar and you're at the bar and you're having fun, you're hanging out with your friends, having drinks, and you just, you happen to meet a really cool girl, then great. But I think you should go to the bar to have fun as opposed to going to the bar to meet the girl, quote unquote, you know? Yeah, I've, I feel like it's it's always been one of those things where it actually kind of does just line up think if you just kind of hold out and wait until you somehow come across this person in a brush of luck and you're like wow that's that's the most attractive male or female that I've came across that's I think that's when luck comes in and that's that's when you should take that opportunity but you know it's oh, sometimes we're a little too scared yeah. you know and that's a lot how of it times is you don't even know like for instance I met my girlfriend before I even started dating her. Like I, I, I met her maybe a year or two prior to us ever even talking. Like sometimes you, you know these people and from previous experiences in your lives, you never even know that that's going to end up being the person that you get in a relationship with or you become really great friends with. Like it all just kind of it happens when it happens, and it's the same with friends as it is with, with, with like relationships. Like yeah. I don't think it's the best idea to go try and meet friends. I think you should go interact with people. You know, if you're going to go to a bar with a friend or two and there's other people there sitting at the bar that seem cool, talk to them. Or if they're watching a football game and you're also interested in the football game and you kind of have this little chatter between you, the groups and you're like, oh, you seem pretty cool. And you don't know, it just kind of has to happen naturally. It's I, I, I never think going to try and meet people, it never seems to work out in my opinion or for me. I should say, yeah, I don't, I don't, not that I don't think those things can work, but just in my experience, I've always found that waiting, just waiting for those moments where 
you you're at the party or you're hanging out with your friends and someone else is there and does something really nice for you and you're like oh wow that was you didn't have to do that was awesome thanks man and and you know you happen to exchange numbers or whatever and you hang out one day and the rest is history but when you're out there nonstop trying to find friends and trying to find relationships you're just going to end up meeting a bunch of people that are like oh this person seems pretty desperate i'm going to take advantage of that yeah. so when you when you go out there with the intention of i don't really need anyone i don't need a friend i don't i don't need to be in a relationship but if you know someone you know seems like it's a fit like oh i really click with you as a friend like we have a lot of interests in common and you know i like nice people you're a nice person i like funny people you're a funny person we both like cars and video games and we've both done this before and i don't know it's just it, it'll happen when it happens i know i kind of keep going in circles saying the same shit but I went through that phase for a long time where it's just like, I wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted a girlfriend. You, we were both kind of in that spot for a long time after, oh, for sure. after our relationships or when we first, you know, started hanging out, didn't work out. And we were both kind of like, fuck, brokenhearted and single and just like, didn't know what to do. You know, we were both like, fuck, like, we're never going to meet people like that. What's going on? Like, we've been fucking single for a while now. Like, this just sucks. And we always talked about like, yeah, it'll happen. We kept telling each other like, it'll it'll happen. No, don't even worry about it. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. But it just never seemed like, ah, oh, fuck. Like six months later, like, God, this is never going to happen, is it? It just isn't working. Dude, never going to meet no. someone that I, I actually like. Yeah, I remember, ah, oh, fuck. I mean, we'd go out to places and then we'd just chill in a parking lot and talk about it, you know, talk about a relationship, talk about life and things will happen to you eventually. And, you know, don't worry, the right one will come along. We always said that shit to each other. And it always, it's always just like, shut up. Like, yeah, everyone says that shit, but it is true. That's why everyone says it. Because and, <laughs> it will happen. You just got to fucking be patient. Uh, I guess to close this out, this... I'll tell the story of you know how basically how we became best friends and that, how that applies to you know our friendship. So I mean as as you mentioned, we knew each other way back when we were younger, like second grade ish maybe. Oh, I think I was in second so grade. So I, I uh, the Snapchat I sent you and uh, Kendall. Oh right? yeah, that's right. It's that football trophy. That's um, I knew Kendall since kindergarten, so I think that was like two thousand four, two thousand five or something. Okay, but you I met. At that football thing, I'm pretty sure. I think yeah. I'd seen you a few times before then. But I was like, yeah, like 2006 is when I got that trophy. So we, we met, I think, 2005, 2006. So I was probably fucking like seven years old. <laughs> and you were like, what, nine or yeah, something? Yeah, probably. Yeah, something like that. So but, oh, God, it's nuts. Oh, dude, I'm fucking wild. And look at us now. I know, you know All these years later. <laughs> so anyways, the whole story goes pretty much uh, to sum it up as, mu as quick as I can. Uh, you know, we knew each other then. We didn't really know each other that well. And then down the road, we'd hang out through friends, a mutual friend, uh, our friend Lane. He yeah. both pretty good friends with. And then I remember I moved to Pennsylvania and then Virginia, and then I came back down here. And ironically enough, you know, somehow in some way, I managed to get a job at the movie theater. And uh, I remember that specifically because Branson was the one who's like, "Hey, you know, we're we're hiring. You should definitely apply." And yeah. he helped me through the process. I got an interview, got the job, and then this tall motherfucker <laughs> comes over here. He's like, "Yo, hey, you know, what's up?" Hey, I was in you forever. You're like, "Hey," and you read my name tag. You're like, "What's up, Zach?" Hey, man. Yeah, and all, in the interest of full <laughs> honesty, I did not know who I you know. were. <laughs> I know I told you that later on, yeah. but 
I didn't know who you were, but I think pieces started to kind of fall back in place. I was like, you know what? Shit, I, I do remember who you were. It just took me a while. Yeah. So we started talking. I remember you trained me one night and uh, we started talking about a bunch of random shit, you know, cars and then sports. And then we talked about video we're games about and video games, boom. Forza and we we're talking about YouTube, YouTubers we watched like Jeb and Brad Brad. And I was like, and, you know, Brad Brad. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of our first little thing. It was just like one little video game YouTube channel that we both happened to watch when we were growing up. And I was like, oh, well, Brad Brad. I said something. I don't, I don't remember how it happened, but I remember the moment that either you or me said something about rad brad we're like wait what yeah you know about that shit because that's like not some not some shit everyone knows about we're like damn that's pretty fucking crazy yeah i think it was like some gameplay walkthrough yeah uh, some game i think it was dying light uh, i don't know i, I, can't, remember. I can't remember that might have been dying light, yeah but anyways uh, that's so to wrap that up that's that is how our friendship started. It's not necessarily that we went out and looked for all yeah, these people to try to be friends. Completely with. unorchestrated. Oh uh, yeah. If you would have asked me back in oh five oh six, you think you'll ever be friends with or real good friends with Kendall's older brother? Like that's who you were to me back then. I didn't yeah. know you. I was like, oh, that's Hayden. I was like, oh, that's Kendall's brother. Like I just I didn't even know you. And then we started working together. I was like, oh, Kendall's brother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's when I came. And then, uh, yeah. And now Kendall is your brother. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, That's exactly how it goes. So, I mean, you know, I think we I think we talked about a pretty good amount of yeah, pretty I, I think, good stuff. I think uh, I want to go into dreams a little bit deeper sometime in the future because I know we, we kind of talked about a bunch of different subjects today. But, but yeah, I definitely want to dive back into that at some point. But that seems about it for today. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Opinions Endless, and you can find me on Instagram at ZBristolZ. And you can find me at BrinkleyHayden0. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. That truly does help us out. I love you all, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.